Courtney, I have one question for you. I don't want to answer it. I, I need you to answer this question for me because I'm I, I don't have the answer and I'm I need the answer. Courtney, please, can you tell me what was that? The hell I was can't that? I uh, that you know it's it's sometimes it's hard to talk about things because you don't want to like criticize the players. And I don't think this is on the players. No. But like <sighs> that was generally like one of the okay. Um, the um, circular answer because me being me remember uh canada sufferballing and us being like these games are unwashable but at least they were getting the results at the end yes this was neither a good result at the end or a sufferball <laughs> like neither of those things were accomplished i don't know what's going on with north american uh national team football right now between this performance by the u.s and the performance by canada yesterday <sighs> That was that was a mess. Like that, it's funny. I didn't think it could get worse from the Olympics, and it did, because at least at the Olympics we could not score. But it was like, okay, well we're create like I think back to that Canada game, right? It was that we could not score. We were still creating a bunch of chances, and it was just like we could not put the ball in the back of the net. At this point, our midfield was as wide and open as a Pacific Ocean, like. It was, it was just bad. Like, it was just not good front to back, and I f- almost feel bad for the players because it's like you are a world ca- class player. You play all of these national team players. I feel like maybe for the first time ever, and maybe with the exception of one or two of them, play under great coaches in the NWSL in their leagues. They know how to respond to tactics and game plan and set themselves up properly. And at some point tonight, we couldn't even see them string together three passes. For the entire, almost the entire match. Like, I'm I'm speechless at this point. And I'm over-caffeinated somehow. <laughs> it's a bad, it's bad combination. Andre, what was that? What was it? Oh, I've got, I do not have that answer at all. Um, I'm, I, it's, I told somebody after the game that my bar is already low. Y'all have known my bar is low. To like limbo under that takes some fucking skill. And <laughs> I don't know how the hell he did that. And by he, that's why I, 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 I appreciate what you said in terms of not calling out players because this was, this is tactics. This is team structure. This is putting 11 players on the field and having them actually play a game plan that suits them and that they can execute. And this was, this was just bad. Like, I don't even know what he was trying to do. It had some, you mentioned the Olympics. It had some of the vibes of that. Remember when we all woke up really early for that Australia game and it was nil-nil? And Mm -hmm. it it kind of felt a little bit like that, except like, yo, they hit the post. Like, this could have been the U.S. out in the group stage. This was almost the U.S. women's national team version of the Trinidad and Tobago game. Like, like it was literally two inches away from being the U.S. Women's National Team Trinidad and Tobago moment. And for our listeners who might not follow the U.S. Women's National Team, which is honestly gold star on your forehead because I'm proud of you for doing that because they're often a mess. <laughs> right, love but, yourself. <laughs> but literally, the U.S. men missed out on the 2018 World Men's World Cup because they 
either tied or lost. I think they lost actually to Trinidad and Tobago at Trinidad and Tobago. And it was this seminal moment in the history of U.S. men's soccer. It was really bad. It was catastrophic. And this game was genuinely two inches away from being a catastrophic moment for the U.S. women's national team. Because that ball is two inches to the left. Yes, to the left. That ball's in the back of the net. And the U.S. gets knocked out. And I'm pretty sure it's probably the first time ever that a reigning World Cup champion gets knocked out in the group stage. Like, that is really bad. And and it's funny because I'm actually really thinking back to the Olympics when we asked, and I tweeted this out, Andre, and I don't know if you saw it because obviously the timeline was in chaos. But from that moment, we kept, and during that tournament, we kept asking, are lessons being learned? And I think a lot of international managers get a lot of slack for their first major international tournament of maybe doing funny things, maybe some funny roster selection, something like that, right? But on, like, I wouldn't necessarily take those performances from the Olympics, but at least it was like, at time, like, we had control over the game. We had a semi-functioning midfield, which obviously we broke two-thirds of. Julie Ertz literally just came back. We have not seen Samuels back yet from that moment. But it was like, at least then you could maybe understand it a little bit more. And maybe there was like other writings of the wall of there are no fans here. They've been in this bubble together for a very, very long time. You know, not able to see friends and family. Maybe there are other reasons for why this is happening. This performance tonight... And actually, and it's not, well, and it's, it's, I said, I don't want to blame the players, but it's like, you know, the U.S. mentality that we've talked about so many times that, that like, that's why they always keep bringing around the old guard, right? It's a mentality. It's a mentality. It's a mentality, right? That mentality or the new version of that mentality we've seen in players like a Sophia Smith, like a Mal Pugh, uh, I'm trying to think of other young players on the team that are escaping my brain, but like Trinity, maybe at uh, yes, a trinity, that that new form of of that U.S. mentality. I didn't see any of that tonight. I saw a team, and and this is, to me, also 100... It's on two things. One, Vlaco didn't bring Becky Sarbon. And even if Becky Sarbon could give you 15 minutes, her absence, to me, is the... Like, her not being there is so huge. I think, I think in terms of calming nerves, steadying the ship, even when things aren't going their way, like keeping the team together and keeping things functioning. And then I also blame it on Vlaco. And and mostly and I particularly blame it on him because I also think back to the 2020 Olympics when he said we're going to play for penalties. And any other previous iteration of this team, no matter how good, how bad, toxic coach at the helm or not, they never ever played for penalties like from from the we're not going to keep keep trying it or keep trying to score and we're going to hold back so we can't play for penalties it's different if it's like oh we're going to try to come back so we can get get two penalties but not dominate and not continue scoring I have never seen that in any any iteration of this team and we all know this because that's like people around the world know the quote unquote U.S. women's national team mentality. And I didn't see, I like, I saw that in very, very small moments this evening. Like 
I'm like, I'm now almost just like, not like loss aside. I'm just worried about like how these players are not being set up for success. And honestly, there were like moments tonight. What like kind of remind me of like, like 11 players trying to group think together. And we've seen that, for example, in the NWSL and me seeing that up close with Gotham and it does not work. And so it's just like, it is just not good, but I'm like that play for penalties mentality was 100% there. And it's like, you like, that's not how you win a world cup. That's honestly not how you win an Olympics either. Like it's, it's really concerning. Yeah, that, that, yeah, I, I agree with all of that. I mean, the lessons learned thing, we've been asking that for a while and it's been the same answer. The thing that's, I think like, you know, we, we've been ringing alarm bells for a while about this team. And for me, it's like, I wanted to see lessons learned from the Netherlands game because that game didn't go the way you needed it to go. They responded and got a goal after going down one. And you're thinking, okay, what did that teach you? What do we need to do in order to come into this game, be the first to score goals, score goals. And honestly, you knew that you needed to put a bunch of goals up if you were going to make it first out of the group anyway, because Netherlands is playing Vietnam and their approach to that game. If you look at the score line <laughs> and when the goals are scored, um, they handled their business. The U S did not. Uh, yeah. Um, and so that's what scares me the most. I think is that looking at the Netherlands game and the way the midfield was able to be dismantled, disrupted, they couldn't get on the ball. That shouldn't have been the case in this game yet. The U S I mean, just looking at the stats from this game, there are some of the worst stats that I have seen from a team that's supposed to be for really for any team. And I, not even, I think you can take away the qualifier of the U S women's national team. I think it's any team we had. So uh, Yash who covers usually does Real Madrid, but does a lot of good stuff with the uh, women's soccer as well. A lot of good tactical breakdowns uh, and data drop this tweet. So the U S had just two sequences with five or more passes that entered the final 40% of the pitch. And none of those sequences registered a single touch in the penalty box. I'm also looking at FOTMOB here to check out the number of passes uh, completed, the accurate passes. 93 accurate passes in their own half, only 95 in the opposition's half. It's just like... It's not good. I, it's, it's bad I, Yeah. Just like, what, what happened... What are you telling the team to do? Why does this collection of players, this collection of those players, ever look like this? It should never happen. It just should never happen. This is why I do not blame the players, because I know individually they are all better than this. So this is 100% a result of what they're being trained and told to do. And it, it boggles my mind, because what is the per- what is the point? What are you trying to get them to do? Where are the combinations? Where's the space that we're trying to create? What are we trying to do to exploit the opposition? I don't see any clear answers to any of those questions. And it's very confusing. Like, I feel like even, I feel like it's getting worse because even like a few, you know, cycles, well, not, I guess not cycles ago, but a few camps ago, 
the question for me was, this seems like the wrong use of the personnel. Mm-hmm. This game, I, I can't even tell you what he was trying to do. I got oh, nothing. Not, not a clue. Um, no, 100%. And it also becomes a thing of when outside of, okay, I will say I think two players had good games. Like, I think Naomi Gorma was fantastic. Truly, God bless her. Yeah. God bless Naomi Gorma. <laughs> Truly. Actually, I'm just going to shout out Naomi Gorma because I think, she, like, across the board, she's been fantastic this World Cup. But if all or 10 out of 11 of your players are not having a good match and have had, out of the last four halves, have had three bad ones, what is that saying about you as a coach? Because I remember after the Netherlands game, we were reacting to the quotes coming out in live time saying that Vaca was like, oh, they only only had one shot on target. Okay, cool. The U.S. has actually only faced one shot on target this enti- the entirety of this group stage, but the ball went in the back of the net. Like, like, like it's that, that stat doesn't matter because you still got scored on. And it's like, and going back to that lessons thing, I'm now, I think lessons were actually learned, but the wrong conclusions were drawn which to me is actually significantly more concerning. It's one thing to just have blinders on and be like, we're still doing great. But I think they actually looked at the data and were like, we're still doing great. And it's like anyone, and I feel like we've been, obviously we've been saying it, Shea Butter has been saying it as well. And I now think a lot of people are coming around to the fact of, hey, there are some things happening here that are not working. And I actually think the worst part is, is I think there are simple fixes. And, and it's like, like to me, it's like, hey, we have one of the the best sixes in the world playing as a center back. You either don't trust Alana Cook, which is ridiculous. Like, put Julie Ertz... Like, the midfield, the past two matches, we've seen twice that teams have overrun our midfield by putting four players there. So they always have an extra player, and the U.S. cannot cope. Now, I'm not saying you put Julie Ertz in there, and they're automatically going to start coping, but as we've repeated many, many times, a set, even a 75% fit Julie Ertz gives you more than a lot of players. Or like switch formations. Go to a 4-2-3-1. You can play Sophia Smith like up there as that lone striker and she'll find a way to make things happen. Or just like if you see that you are getting overrun in the midfield over and over and over again, put some like put another person in there to stabilize it. Play a 4-2-3-1. Heck. We've seen so many teams just play a simple 4-4-2. Like, it is such an across-the-board system failure. And to me, it's like the solutions, the solutions might not win you a World Cup, but the solutions also may keep you from being embarrassed at a World Cup. Because to me, that's almost a new expectations. (laughs) Like, I didn't, like, obviously the expectations are always to win. And I think going into this, I thought maybe Sophia Smith could save the U.S. Like things would not be working, but she's just going to turn up and have these fantastic moments. And the U.S. is going to get through on like her being spectacular. But at this point, it's like, do you want to potentially have your worst? And by potentially, I mean, honestly, more than likely, because we're, unless something crazy happens, we are going to play Sweden in the next round. Having your worst World Cup finish ever. Because like, look, and I, I don't want to keep bringing up Jill Ellis, but it's like, okay, the Olympics were bad. But that that group still won two World Cups back to back, like, and they did that. In, to be fair, very much in spite of her. But like at this point, you got to start working in spite of Vlaco. Yeah, I. It's just so tough because 
I don't know, especially with the the youth on the team, if they feel like they can do that. Um, I would hope that maybe some of the others on the team can, but it also just seems ultra confusing and they seem confused as well. Like, <laughs> so we were begging, begging. You, you, you put Lynn Williams on, you started her, you brought her out of nowhere. Now she's starting a world cup game. That's good. Like, that's great. It's great to see Lynn Williams. I'm glad she was in there. Um, we had Sophia Smith out there and yeah, we still had Alex Morgan out there, but if you want to get the, like the best of, Lynn Williams and Sophia Smith, then you play through balls. You get them behind the defense. You get them running by defenders is really what you want to do. Sophia Smith was receiving the ball a lot. She got hacked a ton. She got kicked a lot. She was she was playing almost like your old school hold up kind of kind of player. She had her back mm-hmm. to goal a lot. And as a winger, I don't think that's a great move. I think you want to either get her wide or you want to try and feed uh, through balls. Lynn, same kind of deal. You want to get Lynn running behind the defense. The first half, I think uh, it was Paul Carr on Twitter. Carr with two R's showed the pass map uh, for the U.S. Absolutely nothing in the, basically the central attacking third. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. There was maybe like two, I think, passes that went into those areas. And that was it. The rest was all outside and all and all basically at the at the halfway line. But the funny thing is, when he took out Sophia Smith, put on Megan Rapino, then her and like Alex Morgan kept trying to like flip the ball behind the line so the other could run onto it, and they were not winning those foot races because when's the last time they did? <laughs> like, like if if you wanted to do that. The time to do that was when you had Sophia Smith in there, when you had Sophia and Lynn in there. Or you have, there There was a moment where you had a Lynn playing the nine. That's when you want to play uh, somebody getting behind and trying to be first to a through ball. It was just so confusing. None of the tactics made any sense whatsoever for the game itself, but also for the personnel. So, like, I was just, I, I think I was a little, like, Blacko straight up broke me, not going to lie. I was just, I was sitting there, I was at the game, and I was already a little uncomfortable because I was around, like, a lot, of, I was around some cool people, like, so, like, shout out to the to the people that, that were there, that were with us, uh, that was fun, but, of course, there were your, your obnoxious American fans who, they were very confused about what was happening, um, but then just, like, at one point, I was just laughing, just, like, it's so bad and nobody can see even a path for it to get better because <laughs> you can't like you got to be able to diagnose the problem first and the problem was what <laughs> and how do you diagnose what yeah andre i meant to ask foolishly it's because i'm a extremely anxious i'm well i'm just so i'm literally so caffeinated in the middle of the game both my calves cramped up i literally caught two charlie horses at the same time and i was like what is any, and I don't think the U.S. Women's National Team performance helped that. But, Andre, can you also, you were there. Can you talk a little bit about, like, <laughs> like what it's like to, because I've been very lucky where I have seen, for the most part, stellar performances this entire World Cup. Maybe with the exception of, like, well, I've seen some great team performances. And I've seen some bad, like, Norway, opening match, bad team performance. Canada last night, 
also not another great team performance. What is it, I guess, for you? What I know you just talked about it, but I want you to talk a, a little bit more of like what it's like seeing a perform, like let's say like a 11 person group think in real time, like right in front of you. <laughs> um, it was frustrating. Um, that's what it really was. It was just confusing and frustrating because, you know, like I said, I even, I don't have high expectations. I'm pretty, I've been, I've been a realist about this team and the direction it's heading for a while. And I think that it's going to be terrible to listen to all the hot takes that are popping up that are talking. I'm already seeing some, and again, from channels that y'all should not watch, please do not watch. Fox, you do not need to listen to you not do not need to subject yourself to Carly Lloyd and Alexi Lawless talking bullshit because that's all they do. Um, but like, I know the hot takes are flying from people who had no idea this was possible from this team. We've known it for a while. We've been frustrated for a while with this team. So for me, like I said, it's just like I was more confused because the bar is low. But this is a game you can't really mess around with, and the fact that it was it based the fact that it ended nil nil is wild. The fact that it ended nil nil and Portugal was inches away from knocking them out of the group stage is like a level of low I just did not expect. Um, I I was very confused by the entire game plan. I did not understand it. Um, like I said, there were just like so many funny, weird things that were going on with the way the U S was being told to play this, the straight up, not having a midfield thing is strange too, because like, I, and I want to, I want to walk this, I want to, I want to walk this balance. Like I want to get this line right, because I want to give Portugal credit for the way that they played. They were definitely up for the game. They were energetic. They were not really allowing the U S to get away with any mistakes, right? Like if you had a loose touch or something, they were right there to take the ball. But tactically, they weren't really doing anything that should have frustrated the U.S. the way that they did. Like some of the pa the pass network, the pass map, if you look at that, it looks awful. It looks terrible. There's no from link the US, to play mean? between players. Yeah, from the U.S. And it's like, Portugal didn't do, do it like I did a rewatch and, I, and I'm writing something about the way that Colombia really systematically went up against Germany and that game and the things they did to slow them down and to frustrate them, even though Germany still looked more cohesive in that performance than the U.S. ever did on this in this tip pitch. But it's like I said, I want to get it right because Portugal give they have you have to give them credit for the way that they played. And I think the longer it stayed nil-nil, the more excited they got, the more energetic they got, the more they weren't going to, you know, let those 50-50s kind of lose out in their in their favor. Like sometimes if you get tired or fatigued from a very intense game plan, 50-50s become 60-40s, 70-30s, and then all of a sudden you're losing the ball in areas where you shouldn't um, or you're not challenging the way you should. So like they didn't, they never let that happen. They kind of tried to keep the U.S. honest and the U.S. was going to have to earn it. You were going to have to play good combinations. You're going to have to get all your passes and technique right. You're going to have to get the timing, your runs right. But it's like they weren't even set up in a position to do any of that. And so Portugal was just like, OK, cool. Like, we'll just keep flying around. We'll take the ball. We'll pass it back. We'll keep the ball for a little while. And the U.S. couldn't do anything. 
And it was just such a surreal experience, even for a person with tremendously low expectations for this team under Vlatko. Not this team as a collection of players, but the team specifically under Vlatko. <laughs> and the last thing I'll tell you a story, um, a little, a funny thing that happened. There's a, there's a family sitting in front of us um, and, you know, typical decked out in all U.S. garb. You know, I had a little girl with her and she had like the red, white and blue, like ribbons in her hair and everything. Like it was, it, it was that, that thing, that kind of family. And it was funny. And uh, me and uh, Ryan, shout out to Ryan, uh, who hooked us up with, uh, with some, some good seats. Um, we were just saying how we have seen this performance a number of times and the woman turns around and looks at us and she said, okay, so how does it end? And we pretty much said simultaneously, not good. (laughs) It doesn't, nothing good happens from this. And, um, yes, that was like with 30 minutes on the clock (laughs) and, um, yeah, yes, we were right. And we thought we were really going to be right when Portugal hit the post, but. Oh, I, I, it's, it's just so I cannot, it's, it's the type of performance where I'm like, I cannot believe my eyes. I cannot believe that you can call yourself a coach and have a team that talented play that poorly. Yeah. To me, this was a, a night of, and actually I feel like the, the past, um, I'm going to say like the past two games that I've seen in person, Australia, Canada and France, Brazil, were two almost near perfect examples of what happens when a coach really knows their team and knows how to make their team perform to the best of their abilities and the performances of of France. Even though France, to be fair, actually almost like got got a little bit, but even like Australia, where it was almost hard to really select a great performer for Australia. Because everyone was really up to par and everyone came in and I actually, I would say the same for France. Everyone came in, they knew exactly what to do. They knew where to be. They knew um, when to press, when not to press, you know, which channels, which flanks you're trying to overrun, things like that. And we really did see a form of that performance from Portugal today, putting the extra player in midfield, just like allowed them to completely overrun the U S midfield, you know, deciding, Hey, we're, we're going to, we realized that the U.S. probably wants to play out of Crystal. And actually, that's something that we very specifically heard on the broadcast, because um, I think they picked it up from an on-field mic, that the U.S. really wants to play through Crystal tonight. We're purposely going to keep going down that right flank that she's on, like our, our right, the U.S. is left. So that way she's forced to stay back and defend. And and it's just like the U.S. <laughs> and to me, that's also... Like in that, obviously if that falls on player performances, but more than that, that just falls on coaching. And it seems like there has rarely if ever been a plan B for this team. They either, and actually even in the performances where they have beaten teams five, six, seven, nil, um, even when things are working in their favor, when teams adjust tactically, they can't really adjust. Like the U.S. can't adjust back. I think about so many of those two game series that the U.S. likes to play during international windows where the first game, maybe the team's not necessarily depending on what team it is, but like the team's not necessarily super prepared for the U.S. And so they end up losing four or five nil, let's say. But then that second match, it's only it's like two one or two nil or something like that. And the team and that other team goes in, looks at the footage, finds where to correct. And the U.S. never actually finds their way through that. And I feel like we're now going to 
continue seeing that in real time. Because I feel like for the most part, outside of really that game from the Netherlands, the U.S. at t- unless they're playing like, like when they're playing like super competitive games, thinking like against the Netherlands, maybe at times against like in England, a France, a Brazil, for example, the U.S. is often a first half team and not a second half team, which means you can't make corrections in real time. And so you either start out really well and burn and try to hang on, or you just can't get it working, which is 100% what we saw tonight. Yeah, I'm... <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I've been trying to figure out like what's the best path, best path forward for this kind of cycle. And honestly, I hate to say this because the players don't deserve it. And I just know the hell that is going to be unleashed from people who don't know shit um, if it happens. But I was almost like, Portugal, go ahead and get that late minute, that, that last minute goal so we can fire Blacko tomorrow. And or, or just leave him in New Zealand, <laughs> like, like, just like let's just get the next cycle started, like right now, because mm-hmm. this was a new low point for me, and we thought we'd already mm-hmm. hit low points. We thought the Olympics was a low point. We thought you know going up against England and losing the way we did was a low point. We thought the game against you know Spain's basically uh, not not necessarily. I'm not going to disrespect the players and call it their B team, but it certainly wasn't their A plus team. Um, oh, yeah, they're issues the missing their starters. The Federation. Yeah, missing their starters. And, you know, you get ran off the pitch in that. Germany seemed to be a little bit of a turnaround. Then that didn't work. Um, we saw, you know, signs that were concerning and She Believes, even though they ended up winning that. And this is kind of the thing. I think talking about bringing up She Believes is kind of that. That's kind of an interesting one, because that was the first time, one of the first times, I think, that and it's almost like this is validation a little bit in terms of what you want to see, the things you want to look for, and not necessarily like for us, but for the teams. Japan had the type of She Believes Cup that I wish the U.S. would have had. They had a plan. It was rocky at first. They continued to progress in it. By the end of the tournament, there was like, oh, this is becoming something. Like You can see it. You see what they're trying to do. You see they have the talent and skill to do it. You just see that there's some little things that need to be refined. And now you look at them, and this is a complete Japan team that can play multiple ways but still utilize their basic principles, which is how they held up to Spain, beat them 4-0, despite Spain having like 900-something passes or attempted passes um, and completing like 898 or whatever of them. It didn't matter because Japan was prepared for it. They were organized. And when they got the ball, they had a plan of attack that was not too dissimilar from the way they want to create uh, create attacking scenarios when they have possession. So you could see the little seeds of that kind of thing happening in She Believes. We never got any of that. The, the U.S. never had a period like that. Throughout this entire cycle, it was never like, oh, this is interesting. Let's see where this goes. Or, oh, this is fun. This is a neat little wrinkle or whatever. Let's see where, th- let's see something build. I want to continue to see this progress. We never had that. And mm-hmm. for us to be doing this now in the World Cup with a brand new 11 playing together, a brand new 11 starting two World Cup games, and the third one, a whole new 11 starts as well. And you don't see any progress. In fact, you see a lack of progress in terms of communication, relationships, structures, those sorts of things. 
I'm just like, the ending is going to hurt no matter what. This is not a team that I believe can win a World Cup. Like, forget, I mean, we just got lucky to get out of the group. So, like, talking about winning a World Cup is silly. So, for me, I'm just, I want the new cycle to start. I thought maybe Blacko would be able to figure something out in the time that he had. And maybe when things really got really real, like, you know, kind of a, a, a game where you need to put on a good performance after a couple, or especially after the Netherlands game, I thought, okay, if he's ever going to show something, it's going to be now. And for that to be what the result, the result is of what you, when you need to show a performance for that to happen, it's like, oh, so you got nothing, nothing. Like you're, you're, you're done. You got nothing. Yeah. And I, I feel like what you're talking about and also what you saw in the stadium was also really reflected in the faces of the 99ers. There was like five or six of them there and they, they panned to them, I think during the Diana Silva injury. Um, and they just had, I mean, someone said that uh, Mia Hamm looked like she was at a funeral, but like they just had, they did not have faces of, um, let's say, player former players of your program thinking your program's going in the right direction um, on their face. And also, I, I do just want to give, I know we've had tiny praises of um, Portugal, but I do want to give specific shouts to A, my two favorite ballers of Kika Nazareth and <laughs> Jessica Silva, who were really, really good tonight. The Portugal across the board was really, really good. Yeah. Um, like I don't think the I really US thought Kika was gonna do it to him. I know. Oh my god, yeah, she's twenty. She's so good. Oh my god, and she's just twenty. Um, but yeah, there's like at at this point, I just think maybe the you like, and and it's and it's tough because you don't want the thing where like you just want them to cut your losses because the players don't deserve that. But at least from this game to next game, you need to sage everything, like. Players need to maybe go out, not think about the game. Um, and, like, I also don't know if it's, like... Like, obviously, I know I suggested, so like, like, suggestions like moving Juilliard to the midfield. Um, like, playing two sixes, for example. Like, or even switching to, like, a basic four four two to just kind of, like, steady and stabilize things. Um, but, I mean, yeah, they just need to, like... They need to, at this point, like, at least vibe-wise sage everything like i think the not necessarily the players need a talking to but maybe the entire program needs a like i don't like the the remember who you are (laughs) and i i don't like the u.s mentality thing but like you don't want to see world-class players go out and play in that manner again of like there's clear that there is no game plan having like shrugged shoulders and like kind of not necessarily like bad attitude, but like sad attitude. Like you never want to see players playing like that. Like just the whole thing needs to be saged. Um, the U.S. soccer very obviously needs to go back to the drawing board. Uh, yeah, like things need to change. Like to me, there's no reason why next match you don't just like also try to try something new. Like put in an Alyssa Thompson. We know that Swedes aren't really good at handling like super speed. Like. I don't know, because also it's like the also you didn't rotate at all during the group stage. Two thirds of your players are leggy. Your players are real leggy now. Like it just yeah, sage the whole thing. That's <laughs> that's my final thought. Sage the whole thing. Well, and they're gonna have a really big problem because Roosevelt is not gonna be available for that match because that was a really 
Like that was not a that yellow was, card. That was that was not a yellow. She was falling. She no. was literally falling. What like what else yeah. was she supposed to do? It was that yeah, was oh my that, that really decision dumb. made me that decision and I feel like that also changed the nature of the game. Where, like yeah. that one hundred percent changed the nature of the game. But also I'm like, hey friend, uh, where's Ashley Sanchez? You're extremely competent. Ten that who also plays well. Like if you want to play Trinity Rodman, plays extremely well with her. Won it won an NWSL championship at that position. Like. And none of it makes sense. None of it makes sense. I'm going to get myself super worked up. <laughs> but it's... I'm, you can't hear me, but I'm rolling my eyes very hard because <laughs> some of the decisions didn't make any sense. But this has been my problem with his entire approach is that he goes, he starts with a brand new 11. And okay, so clearly this 11 does is capable of something that specifically that you want. And we saw a little bit of weirdness, you know, which you can expect a brand new 11. And yes, they're playing a very compact, you know, low block kind of defense in Vietnam, which you expect. And if a team doesn't have the familiarity with one another to break that down, you are going to have to kind of, it's going to be growing pains a little bit. But then we saw that 11 again against Netherlands. And again, that didn't go well, (laughs) especially in midfield. Um, and this game, you do make some changes, but again, we don't see the result of those changes. Like what was supposed to happen? You have Lynn Williams on the pitch now, instead of Trinity Rodman, how do you want to use her? What do you want her to do? How are you taking advantage of her best skill set? And this is kind of where I'm kind of with you on the Julie Ertz thing too. Like having her back there is fine, but what is she there to do? that Alana Cook can't do. If you're having issues in midfield, then would she be better served to be in midfield? Or do you want to keep her at center back? If so, what are your answers in midfield? This is where I think he's really going to have a problem with Rose Lavelle because missing her, like she kind of is like the key creative piece. And he's gone with Savannah DeMello from the start for the first two matches. Ashley Sanchez has not played a single minute. Foolish. So now you're going to go up against Sweden with a midfield that unless you start DeMello hasn't played together. And what are you, well, I mean, I'm talking about at this world cup. I know Sanchez has played with, with Haran and Mm. and Sullivan, but like she's not in form because she hasn't played in a long time for this team. So just like it, which is another silly thing about that whole not making subs thing is like, this is supposed to be a long tournament. You're supposed to, have the opinion that you are playing in this tournament for a month. You're going to be here. You're going to be playing games in this tournament for a month. That means you want players connected. You want players fresh. You want everybody involved. Mm -hmm. And Sanchez hasn't played a single minute after being basically the backup 10 to Roosevelt for what years now, a couple years. Uh, That's weird. And so my guess is, it would not surprise me to see her in the starting lineup against Sweden, and it also wouldn't surprise me if it did not work. So we know one thing that Sweden has has problem with is the technical midfield because I saw it with my own eyes against Italy. Italy was killing them until those set pieces, and we do not have a midfield stru- structure capable of doing that, and we certainly don't have it without Roosevelt and with a Ashley Sanchez that hasn't played a single minute yet. Right, and it's like we... I mean, and that is the entire point of rotation. Like, to me, there's there's no reason why we haven't seen a 
an Ashley Sanchez or even coming in and having a, like a Christy Mewis, for example, like Christy Mewis knows how to be an eight. Like she, she literally just knows how to, like she is great at being an eight. We have not seen her. Like we have not seen any Alana cook. Like why? If your game plan, which at some point it felt like tonight was just to swing crosses in the box. Why haven't we seen a Sofia Huerta who was very, very good at that. Or if you're concerned about the way, like the, the quote unquote player mentality, I mean, she gets cooked often, but like even a Kelly O'Hara, like you saw her at the end of the night, like come in and basically, well, she wasn't yelling, but I'll say she was passionately speaking the entire program. Like (laughs) things just don't, there are so many decisions that have been made that just don't make sense and also aren't thinking about the long term. And like, not even like the long term of the program, just like the long term of the, the end of the group stage. You know what? That's a good point. Does this man want the job? Does he want to get fired? Like, is, it, is that like if you were trying to sabotage? Like, if you just wanted to, you know, like I, I remember, like some of the funniest moments I've had at work uh, is like back in the day when I used to have like I worked in retail. I just remember like <laughs> one manager got so fed up. That dude slammed the phone down, which you could hear. It was in the, uh, he had the door closed in the office. He slammed the phone down, which we heard, and all the customers kind of turned around. He stormed out the, stormed out the office, slammed the keys down on the, on the cash register, walked out the door, and you could hear tire squeal from a minivan. You know how mad you got to be to squeal tires in a minivan? <laughs> like, this man bounced, and I'm just trying to figure out, is that, is this black code just like, does he just want to be out? Does he want to do something else right now? Because this kind of vibes he's giving me is like, I'm done with this and I'm just going to keep fucking up until y'all get rid of me. Honestly, I don't know. At this point, I don't know. Like, and I don't know. And sorry, my last final thought. Um, and we should have another podcast also to talk about like the rest of this World Cup because outside of this U.S. Women's <laughs> team, it's been absolutely fantastic. I've had the time of my life. I would um, love to talk about the rest of the World Cup. Like, it's been great about this. <laughs> like so th- this team, um, because the vibes are off and things like that. And I, I mean, I just think I know that there are a bunch of youngsters, um, but it's like you also, I mean, you decided to bring along the vets. Like, they know how to just be like, I'm ignoring you and I'm doing what I want. Like, at this point, like, they might just have to do that. Um, And it's funny because it's like the conversation about the rest of the world catching up, quote unquote. And it's like, I don't, I, well, yes, the rest of the world is getting better facilities, better resources, more resources, etc. Also, the rest of the world are just like, especially when I think of like the, um, for example, a lot of these teams making it to the round of 16 are also just bringing in people who know how to make things work. And they're not having people who are just evil and incompetent. And I feel like for the U.S., they really did get so far with having a person who was just evil at the helm and players doing it in spite of her. And so now for this U.S. team, it's like, you basically just need to, yeah, like throw everything out the window and just like, like you're going to get, <laughs> you're going to get outcoached. Obviously we've seen that, for a game and a half is it going to be the thing where you're just going to start ignoring and try not to and like yes you might get out coach but you're like suck it i'm going to try to score upper 90s <laughs> the entire time and we're just going to shoot and do our own thing or is it we just like we're just going to continue on this sinking ship because i know everyone's right especially right now on twitter everyone is talking about oh the rest of the world is catching up and it's like yes that is happening but it's also not happening for the reasons why you think is happening because they're like in previous generations, there was still talent 
it was just they lacked funding and quality coaches um and it's like to me the the level of talent across the board from every single country has raised but what we're glaringly seeing from the u.s is that they do not have a coach that can harness all of this talent because the u.s has one of has probably the deepest national team pool out of every like I don't think that's necessarily a hot take to say just because of the infrastructure through college and all that stuff through the U.S. Literally one of the deepest pools. It's just that they're like, they're not being utilized in the way because I can guarantee to you every single player in the U.S. starting 11 can walk on another national team and probably hop into a starting 11. Like, it's, the talent is just not being utilized in the way it needs to be. And tonight was a perfect example of that. And honestly, the Netherlands game too is just that Lindsey Horan decided to get really mad and score an angry hitter. Yeah. Um, shout out to Van de Donk for pissing off her and, and, and making that happen because it didn't look like it was going to happen before, before that I was like, uh, we going to respond. And apparently uh, Van de Donk was just decided, decided to be decided to be silly. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm so torn. I just, I really want the next phase, but I do. I also know what's going to happen. And so, like, I'm really scared of the round of 16 game. More than likely going to be against Sweden. That's going to be a problem. I, I don't know. I just, you know what? I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm with you. I think we said all we need to say about this performance. It, it doesn't look like it's going to get better. I would love for the players to just ignore that dude and just like start balling the way they know how to ball. Cause I guarantee you, if they just went out there and did what they want to do, um, yeah. One, it ain't going to be worse. But two, I think it, given the players and the profiles and they know exactly what they need to do, what they want to do, um, how to put themselves in the best positions and their teammates in the best, best position to perform, I think you'd see something a lot different. But it's also like, how far can you go in this in a World Cup like this? You know, the coaching is better. The tactics are better. The players and, and their ability to play with, together with one another, technical ability is better. Like, this is a... And what outside of the U.S. This has been a very fun World Cup because there's been a fearlessness throughout this World Cup. The only team that really has played scared and it has worked for them is like Switzerland. England has not tried to play scared. They just haven't scored the goals. But Switzerland's the only team that really has intentionally played scared and it's worked out. Everybody else is balling. Like you got Colombia topping a group with Germany because Colombia said, yo, we can go toe to toe with you and we're going to show you and we're going to do it. So, like, I think you're seeing a lot of fearlessness be rewarded in this World Cup. And where is that from the U.S. team? And I just think that either they're thinking too much, the game plan isn't right, combination of all those things, you're not seeing that same level of fearlessness. So I'm kind of with you. Like, yeah, let's get some players in positions and just put your laces through the ball uh, and see what happens. Because we got, we got ballers. That's not the question. The question is, what are they being taught to do? What are they being allowed to do? So, like, yeah, I I super want to talk about the rest of this World Cup because I'm, like, I'm about fed up with this. And it's not, again, nothing against the players because you can if, – if you are listening to analysis from anybody else and they start calling out individual players. Or focusing on the cult or, like, play. uh, players dancing or taking photos with fans. Yeah. Uh-huh. Red TikToks flags, and red everything flags, else, flags. pull the plug. It's, yeah, Dog it's ridiculous. We see exactly what this is right now. And the pit, what's happening on the pitch 100% reflects coaching, doesn't reflect anything else about the players. It's a cardinal rule. If everyone is playing badly, 
There you go. You can't all be playing badly, <laughs> is the answer. Um, Andre, yep. one last question for you, wrapping up. What is your best case scenario for that? Or what do you want to see out of the next match? Blacko fired. <laughs> and I'm I'm like I'm I'm kinda joking, but I'm like not. The, like I meant yeah. for like the actual really match. I, want. I was gonna do it being like I want Yeah, no, I I I feel you. <laughs> I feel you, but that's really it. Like I'm ready for the next cycle because these players are talented and they deserve better. And I don't think he's capable and hasn't shown it over the past few years. And I don't think it's magically gonna happen. So this at some point this is gonna hurt no matter what. Like the exit of this team is gonna hurt. And it's going to suck. The players are going to have to live with that for four years. A lot of them are way too young to be put in this kind of position anyway um, For because there's going to be former players now have a bunch of microphones to talk bullshit. You got people who don't know much about, you know, the sport talking bullshit. Like, I'm worried about them. I also respect the fact that they do seem grounded as people. I, and they do seem close as a unit, and I hope they stick to that uh, and re- and maintain close because it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Whatever happens, whenever it ends, it's going to be tough. And I'm I just kind of it's almost like peel the bandaid off situation for me. I just mm-hmm. let, that's really what I'm like. I know it's it's kind of a joke, but it's also just real. I just want to I want the next cycle to start. This one was a hot ass mess unfortunately thought we appointed the right person found out pretty quickly real, at the olympics real we quick. did not real quick <laughs> yeah real quick uh didn't make any changes and here we are i would like to see a fearlessness out of the players whether that's from like from game plans or not like i i don't know if it's that they can get their joy back but i do hope that they play with a fearlessness because we do have players like a Trinity Rodman and a Sophia Smith who, when they go out and play with fearlessness and joy can do spectacular things. Um, I hope that happens in the back of my mind. Obviously I want them to continue going through because I'm not ready for the internet takes that will happen when they go out. I like, I just am not emotionally prepared for that because there's going to yeah. be some bullshit about oh would you get this because you didn't sing for the national anthem or something blah 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 and i'm just not oh ready for yeah, that they did try like, to start just, anthem talk didn't they <laughs> yeah like i just i i just want them like obviously i want them to continue staying in the tournament so that actual thing is delayed um yeah i just want a fearlessness um i also want argentina to beat sweden that's what i'm asking for i would like argentina to beat sweden and technically for the Italians to do because then they would top the group. <laughs> I can't have another, I can't, I'm not emotionally prepared for another USA suit and match. I know what happens every single year, but like I, I need some emotional preparedness for that. And I'm not at that stage in my life right <laughs> it now. It is football heritage. <laughs> it is football heritage. And the recent football heritage is that it's, uh, it's not going well. Um, yeah. I just wanted, I want the players to play with, fearlessness i want them to remember like why they're so good and made it on this national team and that might mean crystal dunt is being saying i'm in the midfield now kelly <laughs> emily fox get to the other side of the pitch sophia yeah. huerta you're you're playing or something like that um that's that's what i want out of this next game at the bear yeah minimum. i i would be down with that i think i think the players staging a little a coup of mutiny <laughs> and deciding like we're not going out like this um 
I'd be here for that. I just wonder if that's a reasonable expectation for a a, a group that's relatively this new. Um, so yeah, this is this could be interesting. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. If if we can't have the next cycle starting, and and yes, I I do agree for all the reasons that you would want to delay it because I certainly don't want all the bullshit that would come in the aftermath of it. But I'm also like super 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 ready for this team and these players to have the success they deserve. And mm-hmm. they're so close. Like they're, they're, uh, they're a coach away. You know, how sometimes like a good team can be like a player away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're just like, they just need <laughs> this one thing. And it's like, they just need a competent coach. And then we'll be fine. Cause the talent is absolutely there. And you can just see like this, th- this, this is a winnable world cup. Every single team has flaws, except for maybe Japan at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. But every single like favorite has a flaw. And on their day, if you are competent enough, you can beat any team. You should be able to beat any team. You shouldn't fear any other team. I fear Sweden right now. I'd fear playing the Netherlands again. I definitely well, feel, I... fear playing Japan. I fear, I fear Sweden on set pieces. Spain. I don't necessarily these are, fear these Sweden. Are, these are feelings I should not have. Yeah. yeah. Th- these, these are feelings I should not have with the group that we have. And so that's what bothers me. So, yeah, I would absolutely love, love if if they would just find a way to overthrow Mecco and do their own thing. But if not, 2027, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Sage the team. Give the players some joy back. Give give players some of the power that they used to have back. I think that's it for me, Andre. Is that for, it from you? Yeah, that's it. For and for real though, let's let's find some time to record and talk about the rest of this World Cup because it deserves it. Like we, I know it's the, the newsletter. It's been yeah, it's been so good. The newsletter. If y'all haven't signed up, please sign up for that. Diaspora Dash United. Beehive. Com. Beehive is B E E H I I V. Dot com. Yeah, sign up for that. You can also find a link. We'll drop it in the show notes. Uh, we are reviewing just about every match. We're doing some fun, you know, tactical breakdowns, some fun, you know, sauce sauce ratings. Uh, we had to do a sauce rating for that Brazil goal. You know the one. So, like, yeah, we're, we're doing a do lot. We're some more to, sauce ratings. Yeah, well, I listen, there's more on the way. There's plenty more on the way uh, from us. we also going to drop some travel blog type stuff because uh, Courtney's just zipping around Australia. I'm in New Zealand. So like yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna have some more stuff coming uh, on that. But yeah, we're gonna also gonna get on a, a podcast and we got to talk about some non-U.S. depressing nonsense. So uh, we'll figure out a time to do that and do that. But until then, I guess Courtney, you know what to do to close this out. That's gonna be a sad one. Bye. It's deserved. Earned. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Diaspora United podcast. Please subscribe and rate and review us anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Diaspora United Pod. That's Diaspora UTD POD. And message us if there's anything you want us to talk about in our next podcast. See you next time.